and welcome to Dairy Matters, a podcast about Irish dairy farming, how it happens, why it's important to Ireland Inc. And of course, and most importantly, about the people who make it happen. Dairy is under the spotlight right now. Ireland's Climate Action Bill and the rush to climate neutrality by 2050 uh, is likely to have serious repercussions for what is, in effect, Ireland's national treasure. Dairy farming is something that's been taking place here for 4,000 years, something that employs 60,000 people and something that delivers 5.2 billion euro to the Irish economy each year. This podcast is brought to you by the National Dairy Council. I'm Jeremy Probert and with me today is Miriam Gunn, dairy farmer, mum of four from County Roscommon. Miriam, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Let me start by asking about your farm where it is, we've said County Roscommon, but where exactly it is, how big it is, how many cows you have, that sort of stuff. Well, Jeremy, we're just outside of Strokestown in County Roscommon. We're on the foothills of Sleepbawn, which if anyone travels through uh, Roscommon or travels through Strokestown, you'll see Sleepbawn on your way and it's in the mountain or the hill with all of the wind turbines on it. Um, our herd prefix is actually Sleepbawn. So all of our cows have the name Sleepbawn uh, named after the mountain. We are milking about 180 cows um, all year round. So we calve in both spring and in autumn. Tell me, has has your head count increased uh, appreciably or are there plans to expand or are you at the sort of maximum size that you, or the optimum size that you want to be at? We're happy where we're at. We're able to manage the workload ourselves at a stretch, but we're doing it without having to employ anybody or having to bring in extra extra help. So we're just at a comfortable level now that we can manage it ourselves. And talking about how many people are working on the farm, you say you haven't got it's it's you and your family, I presume. So how many how many people is that? Well, there's there's eight of us in total. Um, my father and mother-in-law are both are both there and working, and myself and my husband and our four children. So there's there's eight of us working on the farm. And so you married your husband. Was he already a farmer, or did you settle down together on the farm? Oh, he was he was already a dairy farmer. So I moved in here when we got married. So I came from a, a farming background, all right, but it would have been beef farming. My dad. Um, had beef cattle at home so we were always part of that industry at home but uh, I didn't know that farming was going to be my future until I met Michael. So actually you didn't necessarily plan to be? A- no um, I suppose it's a it's a, a long story in a lot of ways but I in school and that I was always interested I always I was always interested in farming and always involved in the farm at home Um I suppose with a beef farm there isn't as much involvement it was on a smaller scale and um, there isn't as much hands-on activity with beef cattle as there is with dairy so I have a sister and then a, a younger sister and a younger brother and I suppose it was always intended that my brother would take over the home farm so um, I went off to college um, I went to Dublin and it wasn't really until I went to Dublin that I realised how much of a country girl I really was um, I couldn't wait on a Friday evening. I had my bags packed and I was ready to hit for the N4. As soon as the last lecture was over, I was oh, couldn't wait to get down get down home again. And what were you studying? I, I studied theology and pastoral care with a view to being a secondary school chaplain. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And do you think, do you think you've had a, um, uh, how should we say this, have you had a lucky escape by becoming a dairy farmer? I wouldn't change it now. 
Uh, but I think I would have enjoyed I would have enjoyed elements of of that work too. Um, it's a different kind of pastoral care that I'm I'm doing now. Um, I probably would have enjoyed the the counselling elements and that working with secondary school kids um, was where I thought thought I wanted to be. But uh, as I say, meeting Michael upended all that. So um, I, I know because you told me that you've actually started going back to college. Yes. I um, recently, I suppose during lockdown and that sort of thing, I kind of felt like I had a bit more time on my hands because I wasn't under as much pressure with kids to be running to football matches and that sort of thing. So I decided that I wanted to have a qualification in what I do. And so I decided to start the Green Cert programme in Mount Bellew Agricultural College. And what does that entail? What, what is, uh, what, what, what's here? what are you studying? What's the course of that? Um, so it's the basic principles of agriculture. So it's a level five certificate and then it'll be a level six diploma in dairy husbandry. So it's the general principles of agriculture in Ireland and general skills on how to manage a dairy, how to manage a farm. So it's great. Um, a lot of the coursework is done at home online. And then we have some on-site days where we're doing um, practical skills and practical lectures. So it's good. Fantastic. Um, and which, which brings me on to, again, we were having a conversation beforehand um, and you said that I, I've interviewed a number of uh, farmers who are very much hands on with the cows uh, and the land. And you said that your role is more sort of the management side of things, if you like. Uh, would that be correct? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know if I'd call myself the manager <laughs> uh, because there's enough of us here that think that the manager without me claiming that role as well. But um, I don't necessarily have uh, an everyday outside on the farm in my wellies role on the farm. I I suppose I tend to call myself the super sub and that's not being egotistical. That is just a, a, a term that I use in that wherever there's a gap to be filled, that's kind of where I stand in. So I, I do a bit of everything. But in general, when I'm at home, I have four kids to to manage, get to school, to feed, to wash, to do laundry for and that sort of thing. So um, I tend to manage the data into things and the paperwork into things, especially when it's busier in springtime. I'll be over in the yard feeding calves and tagging calves and doing the more hands on thing. But um, for this time of the year, I tend to manage the data. So that means that I'm always watching this the information to see if there's any problems arising. We have um, collars on all of our cows. So I get emails to say there's a cow that hasn't eaten an awful lot here. She should have eaten more. Maybe check her to see if there's something wrong. So I will alert whoever is over in the yard to say, go and find cow number three, four, five and see if she's okay. Um, I also do the, the heat detection and that sort of thing. So we get uh, emails I get an email to say that there's a cow in heat. So I will look and see how long she's calved and see if she's ready for breeding. I'll pick what bull we're going to use to breed her with. Um, so uh, from that point of view, that's what I spend my time at. It's, 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 it's interesting. It, it sounds um, quite uh, technical, if that's the right word. So you're obviously using, uh, you talk about getting emails about various um, uh, events and then having to go and deal with those particular uh, particular things. Um, so it's, it's obvious that you're using technology to improve the 
um, uh, or to not to improve, but to facilitate the way the business runs. Absolutely. Um, the technology that we have in place on the farm kind of means that I have the option of being in here in the house with the kids and I can manage those those things. I can make sure, as I say, that any heat detections, any health events, um, if there's any issues like that coming up here, I can manage it. If there's a cow that needs to be checked from the house, I have it set up here with the computer that I can, she can be drafted into a sort yard. So while Michael is milking or whatever, I can say, okay, there's a problem with a cow and I can have her separated into the yard for inspection from the house. Um, so it's, it's, it's good from that point of view, but um, if we didn't have that technology, we would need another person outside watching their their moves to see what's going on could you give me an idea of what your typical day would look like well my typical day varies from time of from around the time of year so at the moment my typical day looks like getting up in the morning I would take a look at the computer to see if there's anything going on with the cows anything that needs to be highlighted um, and if there is, I'll let the lads know, um, get the kids up and out and fed and to school, then um, come back. And it's a lot of housework intertwined with whatever is going on. So if there's um, something routine happening with the cattle and there's an extra hand needed, I'll go and do that. Um, no day around here is the same. Um, when we're calving cows, we have cameras on the cows so that you don't have to actually be in the yard because it reduces a lot of stress on the animal if you don't have them look, if you don't have to actually physically go in and look at them. So we have cameras on the cows. And so if there's somebody, if there's a, an animal in for calving, I'm watching here in the house while I'm doing whatever, I'm keeping an eye on her. Um, and then if she does need assistance, I'll run over and assist. <laughs> um, so then in springtime, I will be over feeding calves. As I said, I tag and register all the calves. I'll be doing the general paperwork that's required um, on a day-to-day basis on the farm. And there's an awful lot of paperwork involved. Um, and then, as I say, if there's big jobs on, um, if we're at silage or where the thing is busy, I'll be over, I'll, I'll jump in and milk or be put up on a tractor to go mowing or whatever whatever is needed so that's why I call myself the super sub because I'm a master of none no trade but a jack of all trades uh you obviously live and farm in a very beautiful photogenic part of of Ireland um which kind of brings me on to um your starring role in the National Dairy Council's From the Ground Up campaign. Um, and I immediately thought about it when you talked about the um, uh, the wind turbines on the mountains. Um, uh, now, that's that that was quite, and is quite something. It's being shown on TV. It's being shown in the cinema. Um, how did that come about? Tell me a bit about it. Well, a couple of years ago, we were fortunate enough to be nominated for a National Dairy Council Award. Um, and... It was through that that we we kind of gained our connection with the National Dairy Council. And I suppose there have been little bits and pieces since. Um, and I suppose it was through little bits and pieces that I put up on Twitter that I was asked to, to be part of the National Dairy Council campaign. It's, it is it is very good, and and clearly you're a um, you're an absolute natural. Um, uh, and the other um, uh, element of it is, of course, you are the. Uh, the face of 
the National Dairy Council's billboard campaign as well. So there's a very, uh, what I believe they call a 96 sheet uh, poster uh, with yourself and the kids. So, uh, and the kids, the kids look like they were enjoying it as well. Yeah, they love being outside and they love being out on the farm and they do it every day. So it's, uh, they get to showcase their their home as well. So they were delighted and we went to actually see one of the billboards and bring the kids to uh, to see themselves um, up on the billboard. So that was that was great. They were so excited to see and, themselves. And, and did, did, did anybody, did any of the passers-by or other people on the street notice who they were? Yeah, um, we were standing. Um, it's just, it's just the one that we went to see is beside a roundabout, and we were standing on the side of the road, looking up at ourselves and taking pictures of ourselves underneath it. And there were people driving by, blowing their horns in their cars, and waving out the window and shouting at us. And there was people walking by who were looking at us, going, "Are you tourists? Are you lost?" And we were like, "No, that's us." <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it was great. It was very exciting. Your sort of local community—is it the sort of area that you'd? you'd know a lot of people and so would people see the billboard and think oh that's that's Miriam and and the kids from from the farm well I was getting um whatsapp messages from people who have kids in university in Dublin and that sort of thing and they're like sending me saying my daughter just saw you on a billboard in Dublin and uh, she sent me a message going isn't that the guns and um yeah, so that was that was funny. There weren't actually any of the billboards particularly local to here, so uh, a lot of the local people didn't didn't necessarily see it. But um, I got quite a few messages from people who were out and about. I got a message from somebody on Twitter to say there's one up at Cork Airport. Um, so it was it was good. Again, on social media, um, you have uh, shared a number of pictures of your kids, and is it the eldest who was doing the milking? And also um, putting a new floor in a shed. Yeah, that's Olivia, uh, my daughter. She is the she is our eldest. She's twelve. Um, yeah, she's she's very very hands on, and she loves the animals so much. She's gifted when it comes to the calves in particular, and she spends so much time with them. And you know, they they really the calves really benefit from that too because she spots any little thing that might be off um and she's she's very good with the cows as well they go milking now my two eldest so olivia's 12 and kieran is 10 and they take it in turns every evening after school to help their dad out in the milking parlor while we have no calves and then when it comes to calving time they they will all be out all four of them will be out in the evenings and on saturday and sunday mornings feeding calves and doing their jobs and it's great they get a great um sense of fulfillment out of it I hope and I think um and they know that they have jobs that they have to do and that they have responsibilities and they always um enjoy completing a task and knowing that it's been part of the family plan and part of I suppose a group effort so Olivia's 12 Kieran's 10 and the other Dermot is six Dermot is six and Aidan is four let's we'll, we'll, we'll talk to about Olivia because I've actually I've Obviously, I've seen her doing things on your social feed. Um, is she? Do you think she'd become a farmer? I think she will definitely have something. She actually recently wrote an article for the Farmers Journal Junior, and I was curious to see what um, what she would come up with. She wrote the article herself, and I was uh, amused when when I read it. I was curious to see what exactly she was going to say. Um, and at the end of it, she said. Um, 
I know no matter what, I'll always work in agriculture. So I can see her, while she may not necessarily end up farming herself, and she may, that option is, is always going to be there for her or any of them that want to do it. Um, I'd say she could end up, she has an interest, as she said, in in shed design and cow comfort. So I can see her working in along those lines where she'd be going designing sheds and that sort of thing with a view to uh, animal comfort, as she says herself. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I I know no more than myself if she goes off to Dublin or wherever it is, she'll be baiting the road home to try and get back to it. Um, her heart is definitely going to be in the country. <laughs> Currently, obviously, we're facing a challenge to dairy farming in EU and Irish policy on climate change. And it seems that all too often a finger is pointed at the dairy industry and says, you know, you're, you're not making an effort to improve environmental impact, to improve sustainability. So what would you say to people who, who don't necessarily believe that the dairy industry is doing its bit? To my mind, being a dairy farmer is along the line of being a parent and it comes with the same level of responsibility and for me when people say that you know farmers are not good caretakers of their environment it's the equivalent of saying the parents are not good caretakers of their children and unfortunately there are cases where parents are not good caretakers of their children but that's a person issue it's a it's a an individual issue I would say the same comes with the dairy farmers. There are problems um, and there are individual problems. The collective in general are absolutely striving ahead to do their absolute best to protect the environment. Relating that back to Olivia and Kieran and Dermot and Aidan, are they aware? I'm presuming they are because it's a big thing in schools, climate change and environmental awareness, but are they aware of what it means for them on a dairy farm? I think that the older two definitely are and the younger two are more focused, we say, in general environmental issues. Like if you put a cardboard box in the normal bin in my house, you'll hear about it. I'll tell you from the two small boys. Um, but uh, the, the two older ones are, are, I suppose, they have been reared to have respect for the land. They have seen what we do and they know why we do it. So we say when it comes to using um, more environmentally friendly methods of um, spreading slurry and that sort of thing. They know that that's what we use, and they know that that's why we use it in comparison to the older the older methods. And um, they know that our breeding policy, that sort of thing, why we breed our cows to be efficient. They know that the the reasons why we pick what we pick is to be more efficient. So they know that efficiency and the environmental impact is to the fore in our farming practices and farming plans. I would have thought that if your kids are learning this, this is this is the future really, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they don't know any different. As I say, with, with the, the conversation that's happening at the moment around, um, as we say, with the environment, environmental impact and that sort of thing, it is to the fore in what farmers are doing. There are no decisions made here on our farm anyway that do not consider the environmental impact as a, as a priority. So they know that in all future farming plans or that sort of thing, that the number one priority is going to be the environmental impact. 
it must be quite difficult for them. Well, not difficult, but it must be because they obviously living on a farm where it is very much or can be very much 24-7 and there are different working patterns and everything goes with the seasons and, and they must have friends who whose parents work nine to five, for example, and have four weeks off in the summer and stuff like that. Do they see themselves as um, having a slightly different home life or do they just think this is what I do? I think they so the, the swing between both uh, in ways. Olivia, I suppose, at twelve, she started secondary school. She's seeing a little bit more of what what goes on in other households. When they're small, they don't know any different, and they think, okay, this is what everybody does. Um, and there would be, I suppose, they see the value of it, but there would be a little bit of a, you know, how come we can't go to such place? You know, my friend Mary is gone, and we can't go off for a week to Lanzarote, um, but. I would always retaliate um, with to that and say we, we are very fortunate with the amount of family time that we we do get to spend with each other. Um, while we might miss out, as I say, on the week in Lanzarote or, you know, the we, we don't necessarily get to go as many places as other people. We get to sit down and eat our breakfast, dinner and tea together. They get to go off and spend an hour and a half with their granddad putting up fences and eating blackberries and talking about whatever is going on. So we definitely don't miss out on family time. It's just a bit different. So how do how do the kids get on with with the cattle? Do they, do they have pet names? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yes, and you're supposed to remember them all. Um, they usually. There will be kind of six or seven of the calves every year that will get names. Twins, twin heifers, they tend to get names um, and they stick with them for life. And you're supposed to remember them all. So, yeah, they they get names and they get uh, very special attention. They get fed marshmallows and all sorts of things. And it's a very seasonal life as well, isn't it? So are you coming into a period of um, is, 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 is there slightly less going on? on the farm now yes so this would be a kind of a quiet well a quieter time in ways for june july and august you're kind of talking about cutting silage and getting the feed stuck in for for the year and making sure you're set up for the winter if you get a good september which thankfully we did it gives you the opportunity to get extra jobs done so we got fields reseeded and that sort of thing that because the weather was good and because there wasn't any other big jobs on um, and the cows are still out um, and we don't have any baby calves at the moment. So I suppose the pressure is off um, at the moment, which is great. Uh, we'll start calving, as I say, on the 1st of November and we calve for six weeks. We finish calving again in the middle of December and we take a month off then. And that's a recent development as well, because the kids always have little shows and things that you want to bring them to over Christmas and more times than not, there'll be a cow cabin so we can't go or something happens that you get delayed. So we made the decision that while the kids were young, we wouldn't cavil. And we we take from the 15th of December till the 15th of January, give or take a few days um, without any cow's cabin to facilitate a little bit of a family life. <laughs> and those are the really dark mornings as well and the, the really dark evenings. So um, it's nice to be able to maybe try and get in a little bit earlier and that sort of thing for that month and what do you I mean this is a very broad question actually maybe slightly putting you on the spot because there isn't an easy answer 
What do you think the future holds for the dairy industry in Ireland? And is there something you'd want to say about it to, to people who, for them, dairy is, is produced in a chilli cabinet? I think that there is a bright future for dairy farming in Ireland. And I think that we really need to embrace it because we are so good at it. We are really good at what we do. We have the climate, we have the facilities, we have the technology, we are have the knowledge and the knowledge is coming thick and fast. We have the best brains, as far as I can see, in the country who are working day and night to make this one of the most efficient and environmentally friendly industries we could have in this country. So I think that the future is bright and I think that we need to make sure that we protect this industry as best we can going into the future because, as I said before, we are good at this. We can do this well and we have the potential to meet our targets and we have the potential to have a bright future going forward. And very much a future for the farmers of tomorrow as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they are only going to build on what, what's happening now. What's happening now is amazing. What's happening now, um, as I say, from a technology point of view, from what, what we know now, from what we knew 20 years ago, and the facilities that we have now in comparison to what we had 20 years ago is immense. And when you see that the future is only going to build on that, the future can only be bright. It's been fascinating uh, listening to you, Miriam. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for sharing your uh, experiences and uh, the things that are shaping your kids as well. And hopefully there, you've got four farmers there, new, new stewards of the land, as it were. So, uh, so, yeah, that's great stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, thank you. Dairy Matters is produced by 4TC on behalf of the National Dairy Council. 